Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Hauk, and for today's episode, we're going to kick things off a little bit differently. So you guys have been amazing and leaving great reviews on iTunes, and I just wanted to take the time to feature one of them as the iTunes review of the week. So here it is. It says, Angie's podcast is not only educational, informational, it's totally contagious. She makes you want to get out there and achieve levels of fitness beyond your vision and live your best life. We've all been blessed with this one. She's set out after her dreams, is living them, and teaching us how to do the same. This podcast is a must-listen for all those who seek to live their best fitness lifestyle and more. And guess what, guys? I'm doing a giveaway of Lane Norton's contest prep guide. So if you head on over to my Instagram, you'll get the full details of how to participate in the giveaway. But one of the features is leaving a review on iTunes, letting people know what it is that you like about the podcast so that they're able to check it out as well. So if you want to participate in the giveaway, you got to head on over to Instagram, give the post a like. You'll be able to see it because it's me flipping through a book and it's pretty much right at the top on my Instagram. But you're going to go there. You're going to like my account. You're also going to like Lane Norton's account and then tag a friend who you think might like the contest prep guide. And then you head on over to iTunes, you leave me a review, and then you're good to go. And two lucky members of our audience are going to win Lane's book totally for free. So Lane Norton is actually going to be on the podcast. I'm interviewing him, which I'm like completely blown away that he said yes and that he's agreed to come on as a guest. Some of you guys may know Lane, but some of you may not. But Lane Norton has been a pioneer in terms of flexible dieting. He's been a pioneer in terms of natural bodybuilding. And he is just one of the most reputable and respectable guys in the industry, in my opinion. So he's going to be hopping on here so we can talk all things competition prep, flexible dieting, counting macros from the expert himself. So if you want to win his brand new free book, two lucky audience members are going to win. So head on over there. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see you guys participating in the giveaway. Now, We got to talk because today's episode is something that is near and dear to my heart, something that I get questions about all the time, and that is how in the world do you get your body back after you have a baby? So we're going to dive deep into this topic. We're going to tackle it from two ways. We're going to first talk about it from an exercise perspective, and then we're also going to dive in and talk about it from a nutrition perspective. So first... Let's talk about my story. So some of you guys know my guy is about two and a half. So when I ended my pregnancy, I was at 200 pounds decimal two. And my weight right now is about 118. Now I'm in a competition prep, so that is also a lot lower than where my weight would normally sit. But it's been a pretty profound fat loss journey since having my son. And I wanna really give you guys the tools of how you can go through a similar type of journey and really achieve that body that you're hoping for after you have your babes, okay? So 
Step number one in terms of knowing what to do or having that awareness surrounding exercise is we really have to go a little bit deep into the anatomy within the body and kind of explain what it is that happens during pregnancy that's going to influence your body. Because I know some of you are sitting there and saying, my body is never going to go back to where it used to be or having kids totally transformed my body and there's no hope for me anymore. So let's just kind of talk about what it is that happened throughout pregnancy and how that had an impact on your body. So to chat about that, we got to talk about the body and the parts that are made up of the stomach. So First, we're going to talk about the core and what I mean when I refer to the core in today's conversation. So the core is really made up of four main parts, okay? So on the top is the diaphragm, right? So the diaphragm is essentially where we're able to breathe from, and it's going to be the top of the core four. Then we have the pelvic floor, which is all of those muscles at the bottom of the pelvic floor that have to support and keep your organs within your body. So you have your pelvic floor muscles, and these are also the muscles that were able to push out your baby. They're the muscles that allow you to go pee and poop, but they're really important muscles of the body that sometimes get neglected. Okay, the next part of the core four is our transverse abdominis. And the way that I like to describe this is that it's like a corset that's running all the way around your body. So you'll be able to feel your transverse abdominis engage if we think about creating tension inside of our abdominal wall. Okay, so this is often the cue that we can hear in fitness classes that says something like pulling your navel into your spine or imagining that your core is braced, okay? So that's your transverse abdominis. And then the fourth part of the core four is the multifidus, which is actually at the base of the spine on your back. And that's where people will say, ever since having kids, my back hasn't been the same. So maybe you're experiencing some lower back pain. Maybe you're noticing that there's just some shifts that have happened within these parts of the body that weren't like this before you had babies. And that's why we want to talk about it and talk about how we can repair internally to really create the body that we want externally. Because really, that internal repair is the foundation of making sure that you're able to get yourself back to a place where things are functioning optimally within the body. So that's your core four. And really when the core four is uh, functioning properly, all of the muscles are working in a certain pattern. So all of those four parts of the body are all working together, right? So that means that we're in really good alignment, that our posture is all aligned, that we're able to control our pelvic floor when we're doing certain tasks, that we're able to for example, laugh and not pee our pants, right? The, the pelvic floor is going to be part of that and making sure that it's able to stay under control and do what it needs to do while you're doing things throughout your life. So ideally, when our core is working properly, we can go out our daily life and we have no interruptions within the core. So we have no lower back pain. We have no leakage when we jump. We have no, like, our rib cage sitting out further than where our hips are so our body's back into really good alignment and just overall we're not noticing that our core is interrupting our daily life in any way. So 
how does pregnancy kind of affect the core four and what in the world is going on within your body during that time? So pregnancy, obviously, all of you women know your hormones are all out of whack. I certainly can remember crying over things that I shouldn't have been crying over and like just hormones and moodiness being all over the place, right? Like it was like having a period, but times a million, right? You you just found that hormones were all over the place throughout pregnancy. So that's one thing that happened. The next thing that happened is your uterus expanded. So when we think about the expansion of the uterus, we're also thinking about like, okay, now all of that weight is is expanded and that part of our body is expanded and all that weight is coming down onto the pelvic floor muscles which we're hoping are really strong but sometimes can become very weak especially after multiple pregnancies. Other things that happen during pregnancy, we get enlarged breasts. We also see that there's some changes in collagen so the appearance of your skin can certainly change throughout the pregnancy. There is tons of weight that's coming down on the pelvic floor, not only from the uterus, but often we gain some weight throughout the pregnancy and that happens pretty quickly. So all of that weight now has to be carried by the pelvic floor. We see that the abdomen becomes very stretched as our baby grows so that the stomach becomes bigger and baby grows and grows and grows. So both the skin and all of the things within the stomach will have to make room for the baby that that are in there as well. Uh, Joint instability. So I don't know about you guys, but after a pregnancy, I had my balance be really, really off. And I just found that in general, my stability within my joints just wasn't as good as what it was prior to pregnancy, and then that shifting center of gravity. So we have tons of weight that is now put onto the front of the body. So it can almost cause us to like lean forward or try to do some compensation patterns with our posture that make us kind of in a place where our center of gravity is not where it used to be. So all those things are kind of happening throughout pregnancy. And then what ends up happening is after we have our baby, we are left to clean up the mess that pregnancy has done in terms of the body. And this is where we're seeing some postpartum or after you have your baby dysfunction that comes in a few different forms. So the first form is diastasis recti abdominis, and that's often called a DRA, or a lot of women will call it that little pooch at the front of your stomach that just doesn't seem to go away no matter how many exercises you do or no matter what you do. What's happened is your rectus abdominis or those muscles that run along the front side of the body, they've become separated and we haven't put back together that connective tissue. So unfortunately, things aren't going to go back together just by doing a bunch of crunches and trying to just magically put it back together. We really do have to rehabilitate from the inside out. And I'm going to teach you guys how you can do that. The second thing that we see in terms of dysfunction is incontinence. So this could be peeing a little bit or pooping a little bit when it's unwanted. And this is one of those things you get talking to mommy friends, you get talking to your grandparents and everybody just says, well, yeah, after baby, you just pee yourself or you see commercials on TV that say like, okay, just wear these pads after you've had babies instead of actually rehabilitating women, which is unfortunate because Although people don't talk about it, you really can get your get your body back. You can do those repairs internally and 
and really get yourself to a place where you don't have to pee yourself. You, you don't have to worry about the embarrassment associated with that. You really can get your core four back to a place of functioning a lot more optimally and that's where I want to help you guys out. The other things that can happen, you can have a pelvic organ prolapse and that comes in the form of the organs within your body will either start to poke out through your vagina or from your rectum and you will either have it come out that you can see it or sometimes women just feel it. You can just feel that something is dropping down internally and things are shifting with your organs within. Next thing is pelvic girdle pain. So that's that your pelvis is just giving you discomfort or pain in your everyday life or when you're doing certain things and then back pain as well. So often what happens when I work with women or when they come to me and they have that initial consultation, they say things that talk about those sorts of symptoms and they just think that they have to accept it and that either there's no way to fix it and that because they've had babies that's just what they have to deal with or they just also don't know that there is a possibility that things can get better and that there is some hope for them. So let's dive into the separation of the abdominal wall first or a DRA. So really what's happening there is the connective tissues aren't able to create tension. So what ends up happening is you have that connective tissue that runs down the front line of your stomach and unfortunately it can't create any tension. So you go to do planks or you go to do abdominal movements and you're not able to create tension. So really you just end up making your pooch worse. Any of those forward positions or crunches where your spine is bending are just going to make your pooch purse out more and that's where women will say I've done all these crunches and I've done all these planks and like the skin and isn't going back together and my stomach isn't going back together and that is really the root of it is that we haven't repaired internally yet and we can't create that tension and unfortunately until we can create that tension and maintain that tension while you're doing your abdominal movements you're not going to be able to get that flat stomach again and you're not going to be able to get that back to where it needs to be so it really starts from repairing internally which I'm going to explain further as we work our way through the podcast and then the next thing that I want to talk about is really talking about what can make incontinence worse so what can make that leakage or urination worse. Uh, there's, there's just exercises that can make it worse and there's certainly other things that can make it worse that I want to dive into. So some of the things, age, diet, and lifestyle will certainly influence your ability to um, control your urination. So often we see as you age or you get closer to your later years in life, those muscles won't be able to have the same strength that they used to have just like other muscles within the body so that can be one factor definitely pregnancy like we just talked about can influence being able to control your urination uh the next things are running and jumping and this is a big one because women you have babies and then you're like i'm just gonna run all this weight off and often 
that's going to make things worse with the way that your body looks and also with the problems that are happening within the body. Because when you start to do these high impact movements like jumping and running, if your pelvic floor cannot support that, what ends up happening is you're going to be leaking more often. Often you can make your separation even worse on the front side of the body. So we want to make sure that the cardio that we're choosing is protecting the pelvic floor and that we are able to maintain good posture and maintain good tension within our abdominal wall while we're doing our cardiovascular exercises. And that takes some training so that we can support uh, support the core four that comes from breathing properly and, and learning the techniques surrounding that that comes from just making sure that everything is in a good alignment so that your pelvic floor isn't having to take additional weight that it wouldn't have to otherwise. Okay, other things that can make incontinence or leakage worse are any wide legged positions. So in that kind of position after you've had babies, unfortunately, you just don't have the support that you would have if you were to be in a closer stance. So wide-legged movements are something that I often recommend avoiding until we've repaired that pelvic floor and got things good to go in that department. Also, any forward flexion, so crunches, sit-ups, V-ups, anything that has your body crunching together is not going to make your stomach flat. It's just gonna make everything worse. And that, for some people, is not what you wanna hear because you maybe have never heard that information before. Maybe you just think that that is the solution. But I can tell you from personal experience and from the hundreds of women that have helped with this, that is not the answer, guys. So no more sit-ups, no more crunches, no more V-ups. I'm gonna give you movements that you can do. And that's where I want you to start. Do not think that doing a bunch of sit-ups is going to get you that flat stomach that you're after. You got to do what is best for mommies and I'm going to teach you how to do that. The other thing is front loaded plank and push-up positions. If you cannot maintain that tension like what I mentioned before, you should not be trying to be in those kind of positions. So you want to be in a position where you are either lying on your back um, or even on your side where you can keep that tension within the abdominal wall, or there's gonna be no benefit to you doing the movement if you're forward and you're not able to create that tension, you're just making your pooch worse. And I want you guys to remember that when you're returning to exercise after having babies, it's really important that you prioritize this rehabilitation. So what can you guys do right now to change this or make sure that things are functioning optimally. So number one, we wanna make sure that our posture and alignment is optimal. If it's not optimal, we're not gonna be able to breathe properly and support our core four. We're also not gonna be in, a, an, in an alignment that allows for our lower back to be in a good position. So what happens is, does anybody feel like you had your baby and then all of a sudden you lost your butt? And what's happening there is the tilting of the pelvis to hold your baby and kind of rest your baby on your on your hip is really rotating that entire pelvis and putting you into bad alignment. And what we wanna focus on when we're trying to rehabilitate is focusing on every part of the core four. And one of the parts of the core four is the multifidus, right? So we wanna make sure that your spine is in a natural curve 
for often for people and especially my moms, when I put them into good alignment, they feel like they're arching their back and really sticking their butt out. But that's really how we can make sure that our spine is in good alignment and also a way that we can kind of create the growth in the glutes that maybe you've been missing ever since having your babes. Okay. So posture and alignment is first. So we want to make sure that we're not squeezing our bum in. We want to make sure that our pelvis is sitting in a position that is in neutral. So we don't want to really have a high arch and we also don't want to be a bum tucker. And with both of those, if you just stand up and look at yourself from the side of the mirror, you'll be able to see if you have the flat butt thing going on. Like most moms, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you can see that your butt has went away and it's just the alignment of the pelvis that we can focus on to help in that department. Next is core breathing. And this is really the root of everything. This is something that I learned from Belly's Inc, which I would really, really recommend for any of the personal trainers out there that are listening to this podcast. It is an excellent course that's going to teach you how to train mommies and really get them to a place where they're doing this kind of rehab work. So go check out Belly Zinc. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Definitely something worth doing. There's also this core breath. Now, because you're listening to this on a podcast and it would be way easier for you to do it by watching a video, I'm going to put a video for the core breath by an expert who taught at my course into the show notes so that you guys can learn this step by step. And this core breath is really a way to strengthen that connective tissue that runs along the front side of the body, which is really important, and also strengthen the pelvic floor. So you guys might have heard about pelvic floor contractions or Kegels, but what can end up happening with those kind of contractions is it can be a circumstance that our pelvic floor might actually be too tight or too loose. So sometimes it's more complex than just doing more Kegels. So you guys are going to go click on the link in the show notes, go check out the core breath and really master that because that's going to be the foundation for all the core movements I'm going to talk about. But we have to make sure that we have mastered that part first. Okay. So core breath is the second thing that you guys are going to try. And then we're going to talk about the core training exercises, but we're not going to talk about those until we dive into the core breath a little bit deeper. So the core breath is going to be something that you guys are going to work into your daily life. And I don't care if you had babies many, many years ago. This is something that everybody can benefit from and something that I want you guys to do if you're a new mom or if you're somebody who maybe hasn't even had your babies yet. This is something that you can do all throughout pregnancy. And I actually started doing it throughout pregnancy as a way to ensure that I had minimal damage after my son was born. So this will be something that you can certainly get started with right away. Second thing I'm going to have you all do is I really want you guys to go see a pelvic floor physiotherapist to get an assessment of what is going on internally, especially if you're having some symptoms. So if any of the content resonated, you're like, yep, IP or yep. 
I totally have lower back pain or any of those kind of symptoms that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, it is really important that you guys go see a pelvic floor physiotherapist who will be able to ensure that you rehabilitate from the inside out. And it's the same thing as if your shoulder was giving you discomfort and giving you pain, you would end up going to see a physiotherapist to get that taken care of. And I highly recommend that moms go to a pelvic floor physiotherapist throughout pregnancy and then also postpartum just to kind of see what's going on, guys. It's better to get that diagnosis first and then you can kind of move forward from there. So they might be able to tell you, yes, you have a separation. Yes, let's do this to fix it. But you definitely want to prioritize the core breath, prioritize the pelvic floor physio, and then we can talk about exercise. Okay, so you went to pelvic floor physio, you've mastered your core breath, you're ready to get going with it, guys. So let's talk about how we can get started. So the first thing that I always have clients do is check to see what their current level is in terms of separation and ability to create tension in the linea alba. So I'm going to put this in the show notes as well, but it's going to be a test that I'm going to have you guys all do to see how much separation you have within your abdominal wall, if you have any at all. Okay, so once you've done the assessment, checked it out in the show link, and then performed it on yourself, you're gonna know if you're a level one, a level two, or a level three. So I've also put all of these programs together as playlists on YouTube. That will also be in the show notes for you guys as well. So if you did it, you do your testing and you see, okay, yeah, I'm a level one, or I'm a level two, or I'm a level three, this is gonna give you the appropriate core training with the exercise videos so you guys have something that is very specific for you and where you're at right now. So my level one people, my level one people are people that are currently pregnant or people that have a separation. So this is a separation that is past that first knuckle when you were doing your assessment and pressing your fingers down. So generally at least two fingers wide and then at least down to that first knuckle, these exercises are what I want you to do for your core. So you're gonna do 10 reps of core breaths, then you're gonna do 10 reps per side of exercise ball seated marching. Again, all of this will be on the YouTube video so you guys don't have to go look up the videos. I'm gonna put that together for you. Then you're gonna do 10 glute bridges, 10 side lying clam raises on each side, 10 supine bent knee leg lifts, 10 reps on each side, and repeat for a total of three to four rounds. And the main component, guys, is that you do not want to get that ab burn. The main component is that you want to be able to take that core breath that you've been working on mastering and bring it into all of these movements. And it is definitely a lot harder than it looks. It is one of those things that takes a lot of internal focus, and you're going to feel things happening within your body as you're doing it and feel that your core is becoming tighter and becoming stronger, but it really is starting small and rehabilitating from the inside out. If you do this while pregnant, it can definitely help minimize the damage as well. I used it and I found it to be really 
helpful throughout. Um, so yeah, go check out the videos, guys. If you're a level one, that's where I want you to start. Level two. So level two people are people who can create tension in the linea alba. So you did the assessment. You did feel that you could create a little bit of tension across your abdominal wall. And you can have a tiny little separation, nothing that goes past that first knuckle. Okay. So this is the core exercises that I want you guys to be doing. So 10 core breaths to start things. Then you're gonna do single leg glute bridges, 10 reps on each side, uh, 10 reps on each side of bird dogs. Then you're gonna do a hover plank hold, holding it anywhere from 10 seconds up to 45 seconds, but you have to be able to maintain that tension along the front of your abdominal wall. So as soon as you learn lose that tension, it is over and you can no longer continue with the exercise. You're gonna move on to the next exercise. Then you're gonna do a side plank hold, 15 to 45 seconds per side. Often you're starting just doing that from your knees and working your way up to having your legs extended. Repeat it for a total of three to four rounds. And again, head on over to YouTube to look at all of this together. And then we got my level three people. So these are the people who you did the assessment, you can create the tension in your linea alba, and you have no separation. So when you press your fingers down, there's no separation in your abdominal wall. You're ready to rock and roll and ready to work on these advanced core movements. So the programming for this is going to be 10 core breaths, then you're gonna do single leg glute bridges, this time with your feet up on a stability ball, 10 reps per side. Again, you're bringing the core breath into all of your movements, so you're not racing through these things, you're coordinating your core breath with it because you've now mastered it. The next movement is stability ball ab rollout, then you're gonna do a bent arm plank hold anywhere from 15 to 60 seconds. Again, focusing on maintaining the tension in the linea alba. Side plank hold, 15 to 45 seconds per side. And then a walking plank, 10 reps per side, repeating it for a total of three to four rounds. Now with all of these core programs, guys, you could do them up to three times per week. I would say that it's better to start small, it's better to commit to less. So if you're not doing any of it right now, it might be enough for you just to start with doing it once per week. But the more often that you do it and the stronger that you become, the quicker you'll be able to master the movements as well. So that's the foundation of the core stuff and kind of getting the stomach back to where it is. and. I want you guys to reach out with any of the questions that maybe came to mind of all of the stuff that I covered. I know it's a little bit more complex and there might be some stuff that was confusing, but hopefully the videos help clarify things. And if you're experiencing some symptoms and you want me to help you clarify what level you should be, just reach out. I'm always happy to help. Now, We've talked about the core stuff. Now let's talk about cardio. So essentially, you'll know that I'm not a big fan of running or high impact movement after you've had your babe or if there's any dysfunction in your core. So I don't want you doing jump squats. I don't want you doing burpees. I don't want you doing anything until your core is good to go. When your core is good to go, those exercises are fair game. Then you can introduce the running again. Then you can introduce the high impact stuff. But I wanna make sure that you guys are rehabilitated 
from the inside out, that you're not leaking, that you're just in a place where everything is repaired internally before you start doing high impact exercise. So I really recommend that we start with walking. Once the ba- once your babies come out, it's it's okay to start walking right away. You're not going to be going full Monty all out, but you can get walking right away. And that's going to be a really great way to help that rehabilitation process. Again, start small with cardio, guys. You don't want to be so aggressive with your weight loss goal that you're like, I'm going to do cardio for a few hours a day. It's just not realistic. Start small and build on it. And that's how I would suggest doing cardio up until things are rehabilitated. I pretty much just stuck to walking for the first year before my son was a year old. That was like really all that I did in terms of cardio, walking and then just being mindful about movement. So that's what I would suggest in that department. When you do return to the gym or do return to lifting weights, My recommendation is that we start light, guys. Your body has went through something that is truly remarkable, but you may have lost a lot of strength and you do have that joint instability. So I don't want you to go in after you've had your baby and try to crush PRs. Start small. It took me forever to get my strength back. Like it took me almost like almost two years to get my strength levels back to where they were before I became pregnant. So go really slow with it, guys. Don't don't try to really push it. Your body is not ready for it. Your pelvic floor is not ready for it. Don't put all of that strain on your body by doing high-intensity workouts. You built a baby for nine months. You need that recovery time. So you really need to go slow. You need to be patient. Ideally, we want to get you to a place where you're bringing that core breath into all of your lifts within the gym and using that type of breathing to really support your core when you're trying to do heavier lifts. That's that's really going to take you far. So the main things with exercise, guys, is that start small, build on it, and know that prioritizing strength training is going to get you to the body composition goals that you want. So I don't want to see you guys only doing cardio. I do want to see you guys picking up weight. If there's areas of your body that you want to see change in, often that comes from building them, right? It comes from a time either being in maintenance calories or being in surplus calories to really build those muscles. So you might also not be looking at trying to drop Uh, like get down to your leanest possible you might drop a little bit of the baby weight and then you might shift focus into I'm going to go into build mode now I want to get some growth in my arms I want to get some growth in my shoulders I want to get some growth oh in my back so that might also be something that you shift your focus to once you've dropped that initial amount of 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 a little bit of uh, baby weight Now let's shift gears, guys, and talk all about nutrition. So I have to admit, after I had my son, I really did not have a lot of time to exercise, and I'm sure you guys can relate to that, like between breastfeeding and trying to run a business and just, yeah, exercise was not something that I had a ton of time to do. So I needed to really rely on nutrition to get myself to a place where I was losing fat on a consistent basis. So I would recommend that you prioritize core training, that you get your body moving with some 
cardio and that you get a little bit of weight training in the mix. But I also want you guys really to think about nutrition as being the main driver for your fat loss success, whether your babies are really young or maybe your babies are older now, nutrition really is going to give you that framework for, for success. So where do we get started with it? So I want you guys all to track in my fitness pal to get a baseline of your current intake and gain some awareness. So what this means is starting a MyFitnessPal account, tracking your food in a food diary, and really getting to know how much are you currently eating. Until we take inventory on your current intake, you're not going to be able to make the appropriate changes or adjustments. We really do need to have that baseline and that starting ground. So the first step is signing up for MyFitnessPal, getting an account started, and tracking your food. Now, in terms of gaining awareness, I want you also to track your food using a scale. Now, the reason why I say this is because everything can vary a lot in size and eyeballing actually has us underestimating all of the time. And the most effective and efficient way to get to the goal is really to have data that is appropriate. So yes, it's time consuming to weigh your food. Yes, it's time consuming to use the scale and be so precise with it. But I tell you now that if you do that for at least a month, you will at least have the awareness to move to an intuitive approach down the line because you will have weighed chicken enough times to be able to eyeball it again in the future. So I do want you to spend at least a month of tracking in grams or ounces, milliliters, and then just moving away from tablespoons and cups just temporarily. Okay, guys, we're going to get to a place where we're really going to approach things intuitively. But for right now, we just need to have that awareness. So you're going to do that, you're going to track and you're going to get a baseline. And during that time, you're also going to weigh yourself a couple times throughout the week to know what's going on with the fluctuations of your week or weight on a on a more regular basis. So when I eat this amount of calories, what happens? Is this my maintenance amount of calories? And you really need to establish the data to know where you have to make the adjustments from there. So that is your step number one. Now, once we have a baseline, we can at least see are we maintaining weight on this calorie amount of calories or are we losing? If we are losing weight on this amount of calories, and this is without changing anything to your nutrition strategies, it is possible that we can just continue with what it is that we're doing. But often that's not the case, guys. We start tracking, and if we end up losing weight, it's only because we are being more mindful of our decisions because now we're entering them into a MyFitnessPal account. But often what ends up happening is we see that we're, we start tracking, and if we don't make any changes to our nutrition habits, we either maintain our weight or maybe gain a little bit of weight during that period of time. But now we have a starting ground. So let's say we're maintaining our weight at 2,000 calories. So now we have a place that we can create a small deficit. Now from there, I would suggest that we only make a small adjustment and see what happens with your body. So let's just start with cutting 150 calories from your daily intake and see what happens. So you're going to become your own little detective and just kind of see what happens. But you want to do the minimal effective dose so that you have 
wiggle room to cut away at your calories as the future weeks unfold. So you don't want to be too aggressive right off the gate because then you've got nowhere to go with your calories. And and that unfortunately is going to leave us no room to get to that end goal. So you start where you're at with the tracking, you make a small deficit, and again, you're collecting weights a couple times a week and seeing what happens. Now, where those calories come from matters, guys. Protein needs to be the priority in your diet because it's going to burn more calories than carbs and fats, so you'll have to You'll get to eat the same amount of food, but you'll burn more calories by eating it because your body has to work that much harder to try to break down the protein. So we do want to make sure that we are getting adequate amounts of protein of the calories that you're having. If you're setting this up in a MyFitnessPal account, I would suggest that you set your my your protein intake to be anywhere between 30 to 35% of your intake. And then for your carbs and fats, I want you to just set those up based on your own personal preference. So if you know that you're somebody who likes carbs a little more, give yourself more carbs. Or you might set yourself up that you like a little bit more in terms of fats, in which case give yourself a little bit more fats. Now, I also have a flexible dieting guide that I sell on my website for anybody that may be interested. AngelaHauk.com is where you'll go. And it has everything about macro counting in full details with recipes, gives you master lists of proteins, carbs, and fats, and could really be a good tool if you want to give flexible dieting a try. But that would be the starting ground. And then you're going to slowly chip away at your calories, never really making an aggressive deficit and just being really patient with the process. Because slowly dieting is sustainable dieting. And I really want that for you guys. I want you guys to get to that goal and be able to stay there. So we've tracked for at least a month. We have chipped away at the calories and we're just kind of seeing the way that the body is responding. Now, I would recommend that you continue to track because it'll help you with measuring the data. But if it becomes too much, You've now developed the intuition and the awareness surrounding food that you maybe will migrate away from not tracking anymore. So you still want to prioritize your proteins, you still want to prioritize fruits and vegetables, and you still want to make sure that you have the appropriate portions that you were doing when you were tracking and when you had created that deficit. So you want to make sure that you are moving in and doing those habits on a regular basis. Now, things that I found really helpful with nutrition when my son was young were things that were quick, easy, simple, and that was me leaning on meal replacement shakes and protein bars and quick grab snacks that were easily digestible and didn't require me doing a lot of cooking. So I was really, really leaning on convenience foods just because I didn't have time to do meal prep every week. Yes, I was still batch cooking a little bit. Like if I was going to make some chicken, I wasn't going to make just a couple of chicken breasts. I was going to make a larger batch of it, but I wasn't doing a full extensive meal prep just because I found myself a little bit overwhelmed with the lifestyle and just trying to get adjusted to being a mom. So I didn't have as much time. So I was really leaning on the meal replacement shakes and bars to kind of tie me over 
also lots of fruits and vegetables and making sure that I drank tons of water. So that was kind of what worked for me. I definitely found myself doing more convenient options. So that might be something to explore as well if you're just finding that it's hard for you to imagine yourself cooking so much. Certainly find those things like that, that that you could use. I really like the Isogenics meal replacement shakes, and I'm going to put a link for that in the show notes um, if anybody wants to go and check that out. Now, in terms of the getting to the end goal, okay? So you may get yourself to a point where your body will no longer lose weight or your body is just resistant to, like, making any changes. You've cut your calories a whole bunch, you're exercising a ton, and your body is just like not getting to that end goal. Or maybe you're already there. Maybe you are at that point right now and you're just like, I don't know what in the world to do. And I've talked about this on previous podcasts with guests that we've had on, but you really may need to repair your metabolism. You may need to take time away from dieting, guys. Focus on building strength. Focus on increasing your calories, eating more, and just accepting that to get to the end goal, you need to take time away from being in a deficit. And that was what I did after having my son. So I had had him in December, and I had slowly dieted for about a year. And I was okay with where my body was, but I wasn't as lean or I didn't have as muscle, much muscle as what I wanted. So then in May of last year, so almost a year ago, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to take time away from dieting. I'm going to build some muscle. And I did a build from, I guess it would have started a little bit before May, but I hired my coach in May, but I had been kind of increasing my calories prior to. And then we built muscle all the way until I think it was the end of August or beginning of September. And then we just started bringing my calories down. Now, again, we went really slow with it. And I was slowly dieting just a pound or so a week and kind of chipping away at it. And that's kind of how I've been able to get to where I'm at right now. But it's a really slow process, guys. I want you to be really, really patient with it. If you really want to go after those body physique goals, my biggest recommendation for you is that you need to have enough muscle that you're going to be able to get lean enough and be able to see the kind of definition that you're after. So maybe right now dieting is the right answer for you. But it's also a very high probability that the best option for you right now is shifting gears and going into a build. So those are some things to kind of consider when it comes to nutrition. But I would say certainly being okay with both goals being a possibility is something that you want to accept. So you might not be able to get to the end goal right now. And and that's fine, guys, you'll get there eventually, you just maybe need to shift your focus. I often like to describe it like the seasons within the year, we need those seasons of growth, and we need those seasons of planting seeds, so that on the other side, and when it becomes the harvest, or when it becomes springtime, we really leave room for things to blossom and and bloom and come through. So that is the foundation of it. I hope this helped answer your questions and give you guys some good tools to kind of start working towards those goals after you have your babes. 
I want you to know that I really appreciate your time. I appreciate the fact that you guys checked out the podcast. There's going to be a ton of content that's in the show notes this time. Lots of homework, lots of actionable things that I want to see you guys doing. And I want you guys to reach out and let me know how you're making out with this. So send me a direct message or send me an email or leave me a review that lets me know that you're taking action on all of this because we can absorb a whole bunch of information, but it's not going to go anywhere unless we actually put into action guys so you guys have some homework you got some stuff that you need to do and there's might be some people in your life that need this information so I would really appreciate it if you share it with a friend or if you share it with somebody who you know just could really appreciate this as always have a kick-ass week guys I love you and we'll catch you next time bye for now